Windblown and Leeds Blown. We recap another woeful trip to Manhattan, Kansas. This is Dinger Derby. Welcome. Welcome to Dinger Derby. The official podcast of RedRaiderDugout.com. The only website completely devoted to Texas Tech baseball. Join Keith Patrick twice a week for team news, guests, ranking updates, and game reports. We'll be hitting taters with the Red Raiders from opening weekend all the way through Omaha. This is Dinger Derby. All right, welcome into the bubble edition of the Dinger Derby podcast. David Collier mm. along with Red Raider Dugout's own Keith Patrick uh, enjoying whatever he's chewing right now much more than he did a weekend of baseball in Manhattan. A very windy weekend, hence the tease there, Keith. Getting to know the dugout. Eyebrows. I like banana Laffy Taffies. The only person on planet Earth. Mm, pro- probably. I got a strawberry actually, one sitting here, too. That's much better. I, I don't mind them, but yeah, obviously it's it's going last in the draft, if at all. Or start, bench, cut, whatever they do on the uh, the gambling gauchos thing. But yeah, that would be cut. Never heard of them. Yeah, never heard of them. Uh-oh. Hey, happy birthday, yeah. Rob Rowe. Yes, without a doubt. Happy Form, birthday, formerly of KKAM. Happy birthday. Celebrating today for many reasons. No, I don't know that mm-hmm. for a fact, but... Um, <laughs> Mel, I was listening, not to throw shade at our friends at KKM, but I was listening to a previous episode of the Gambling Gauchos today. I do listen to them. And uh, Rob mentioned that they had planned a going away party, like a goodbye party for him on his last day of work for 1 p.m., which is the time that Rob goes on air. And oh, so. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. everybody else was everybody else was uh, celebrating his celebrating he waiting for rob yeah yeah i thought that was pretty waiting. funny this is the avoiding part of the podcast if you haven't noticed welcome um, to the bubble red raider fans right and yep. uh i mean we talked about it last week you knew it was going to be a difficult trip but man it seems like it's been very difficult to watch uh the bullpen in particular uh, for several weeks now, we'll get to that Sunday game, unfortunately, here momentarily. But uh, what's it feel like being on the bubble right now? Um, well, I've spent the last month talking about how you could still host, and it feels like in one fell week, one fell swoop, that was gone. And so, even though the game on Tuesday never even hasn't even been completed yet just the mo- the the negative momentum of that has feels like it's carried through and you really have gone from a team that was ranked basically top 15 in the country by the human polls and had a chance to push your way up into a more reasonable RPI situation and keep your hosting hopes alive and you know maybe catch some momentum and instead you lose your second Big 12 series on the road you do avoid the sweep and then not to mention the six nothing deficit you remain in in what was it the bottom of the fourth inning against with a runner on and one Abilene out. Christian yeah with a runner on second and maybe one out um yeah that just hanging over your head something's going to happen with that but man not 
the week you were looking for, not the way to draw it up. And you're right. I mean, you mentioned the bullpen. It feels like, you know, this team gets something going because I think you've gotten your Friday and Saturday starting pitching going. I mean, they've both had some really good outings, both Mason Molina and Trendon Parrish, you know, and put together consecutive ones. And then your bullpen just kind of falls apart. And it has really been a struggle. Sunday starter has been up in the air. And so you kind of understand that you're still trying to figure that out. But some of your more reliable bullpen pieces have struggled. And so, I mean, it feels like when one when one thing when one yeah no not just this weekend and it feels like when one thing gets going another thing falls off and so you get starting pitching going and the bullpen's falling off now you may argue and say the bullpen's been a struggle with consistency all year well fine but the bats haven't and they've fallen off as well and so there's just a you know at least not all the way across the team but some big chunks and so just frustrating just one of those teams it's really frustrating to look at and now you are ranked in only three of the six major polls at this point. Um, you are, and barely so, in a couple of those. Uh, your RPI sits at 61. You're tied for fifth in the Big 12, I believe, with Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's just not a lot of great positives to to pull back together at this point. And I've had folks ask me, you know, are you going to make the tournament? Well, you honestly have some work to do. And with what seven and a half home games remaining and three on the road, I mean, you're going to have to take care of some business if you want to guarantee yourself a spot in the postseason. Yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned the half. It'll be interesting to see how that's handled because, as we mentioned, I mean, like it or not, and it could end up not being a game at all, but. Just the optics, and I hate saying that. I used to make fun of Ryan Hyatt, who also had a radio show, I think, recently come to an end. Um, he used that all the time. Just the optics of trailing six to nothing to ACU is clearly stuck in all these voters' minds. Uh, whether that game's finished or not, whether they just cancel it and, you know, whatever happens with the other ACU game, this is at this point, I think you're, you're hoping it rains Monday and Tuesday. 8th and ninth because you're scheduled to play ACU at home on the ninth. You want that game to be rained out and maybe that whole thing washed away. But I think the damage was done just the way it started, at least voters-wise. And I know voters don't matter when it comes down to it in the end. But to see a team go from 14th in the polls to completely out of the D1 baseball poll, it matters when Kendall Rogers and everybody that votes for that poll see the struggle that the – Red Raiders are going through right now. And I mean, as quickly as they jumped up in their poll, they dropped them back down because they know it's not, it's not what we've been used to seeing. Yeah. I listened to the last D one baseball podcast while I was working in the garage yesterday. And this was before the weekend. And they talked about this series and how big of a series it was for both teams. And Kendall specifically talked about tech and he's like, Hey, they find themselves in that weird position where human polls like them, but their RPI is not great. And this is a big do or die weekend, particularly for tech. And I noticed it. I mean, he was paying attention. I noticed Kendall tweeted as soon as the game ended and talked about what a big series win it was for K state. And it was, I mean, and this is a program that has scuffled in the big 12 the last few years and that has jumped up and put together a pretty good resume. They've done the things that you haven't done. They've avoided sweeps. They've they've won 
series that they're supposed to and some that they weren't. And I mean, the resume is, is coming together for them, you know, and you were part of helping them build it, but just a man, just a frustrating weekend of baseball all the way around, even though you get a a W in there, man, it was not, it was not great. Hey, I'll say one thing. And somebody got in my mentions about this and I disagreed with them. I thought that the broadcast crew was good. Yeah, I listened to them sparingly. It was mostly Sunday off and on. I had my own baseball, so I got more a bigger dose of uh, the good guys on the radio mm. than I did. Uh, not necessarily always good. I just a shout out to Jamie Lent for dropping in uh, the Kansas State was zero for twenty two for the weekend uh, with runners in scoring position. Little nugget before obviously Kansas State got back-to-back base hits to drive in runs. But, but beyond Perfect. that, obviously, the uh, that broadcast was stellar as always. So I didn't get to hear him as much, but I didn't really have a problem with him. It didn't sound anything like the trip to Norman, that's for sure. No, I thought they did a pretty good job playing it up the middle, and particularly the play-by-play guy. I, I'll say this, like as a play-by-play guy that is unabashedly biased, I mean, I'm on a hometown <laughs> high school call, you know, like I know who my audience is. But And it's hard to get excited. I do not um, get excited about the other team scoring. But I thought he did a good job, you know, getting fired up either way when there was action happening. Action was action. And so, no, I thought I thought they were good. There was at least a bright point there. Um, I did – I was looking at the, uh, the stats from this weekend. And, I mean, I know we're going to talk about them more. But one thing that jumped out to me, I didn't – I mean, I guess I knew but didn't realize Trendon Parrish's ERA and his appearance was zero. He he didn't allow any earned runs. Four hits, no earned runs, no walks, and had nine strikeouts. Career day for him, and he uh, gave up a 190 batting average. So I was very impressed with his whole outing for the most part, and despite you know difficulties being kind of heaped on him, I thought he was excellent. And it was another good outing for Mason Molina. His ERA in the outing was 150. Um, but and again, only one earned run, no walks, and six strikeouts. I mean, he's stacked a couple of really good ones together. Now it wasn't another career day, but I thought it was plenty good for you to win. And then obviously, it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, that, I think that's the thing that frustrates me. Frustrates me the most is you didn't extend anybody in the bullpen beyond two innings, right? I mean, I think you used four relievers in those first two games, and it kind of set up perfectly for that. You know, you, you didn't expect a, a huge outing from Zane Petty, but you you were comfortable because you thought you had enough arms out of the bullpen to get you through through that series finale because of what Mason Molina did and, and because of what Trenton Parrish did. And yeah, and, and to get what you did for Mason, like you said, it wasn't a great, but he only gave up one earned run. And that comes to the other problem that we'll talk about, I'm sure, quite a bit is the inability to hit the ball on the road. And, you know, as much as we talked about the bullpen struggles, I think we can harken back to Tim talking about, you know, being good at driving in runs and winning that way. And that's, uh, that was one interesting thing that I, I double checked on. I think we had to discuss this when they won that game on Saturday. They scored five runs. It's the first time this season they've won a ball game when scoring less than six runs. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So That's crazy. Well, and I think another thing that was really interesting, and even and Friday night's hard to be mad at. I mean, Friday night is, is 
a three, two ball game. It's well fought. It's mostly yeah. clean. Um, it was just a, it was just a tough game. Now, you know, you couldn't string together what you needed to when you needed to, but they had a guy that was dealing and then yeah. they bring in their, you know, they have a, a solid, uh, reliever for them. And then their all world closer, you know, who earns his eighth save in that game. But what it really came down to was one swing of the bat against Ryan free, maybe two, a leadoff single and a home run, you know, and that ends up being the difference. And the crazy thing to me, you go through eight innings in that game of pitching, not a single walk, and then five more innings in the next game with Parrish before you allow a walk on the weekend. And then against that's a game that, that you win. Yeah, and the, against a team that going into the weekend led the nation in drawing walks. Like they yeah. entered this weekend drawing more walks than anybody in the country, and obviously that would come back to you almost tenfold Sunday, but – yeah, at least it felt like it anyway. But yeah, I mean, you pitch well enough. I mean, I get like you said. I mean, I Friday obviously you're going against their ace, and you're not expecting seven runs, you know, especially on the road. But it just like you said, one, one, uh, well, two batters, and the whole uh, the whole momentum switches to the other team's favor. Yeah, yeah. We're just scatter shooting around here. What do you want yeah, to talk it's about? All, it's all over the place. I don't know. I mean, we basically covered the Friday game. I mean, <laughs> is there, right there. I mean, we, it was pitching. It was uh, a couple of bad pitches there, or good hits, rather, from Kansas State, if you want to not pile on people here. I mean, it was a three-hit night for Kevin Bazell, in, including an RBI, and he stole yeah. a base. Yeah. And so, I mean, a good night for him. Offense, yeah. yeah, and he has continued to be – really good and consistent all throughout. Um, and we'll, we have some numbers to talk about and stuff I know, but yeah, I thought, and I didn't get to watch Friday. I'll be honest. I watched a little bit on my phone. The hecklers had our, had a get together. Um, so I was kind of hanging out doing those shenanigans, but did watch the last couple, you know, on and off throughout on my phone and watch the last inning and a half or so, um, much to my chagrin, but yeah, I mean, it was a, I hate to say it, but it was a good baseball game. You know, when it came down to it, there was good defensive plays. There was some hits here and there, but it, you know, overall it was kind of a pitcher's duel and you just came out on the wrong side of that one. Like I can live with that, even though I don't like it. <clears throat> Saturday, a win. Trendon Parrish, you know, pitches a gym. Beckel struggles, uh, but gets through two, gives up four walks, has three strikeouts. And then Kyle Robinson, a couple of innings of, of shutout baseball, you know, to kind of close the thing out and tracer Lopez, the hero of the day, you know, with a two run bomb to give you some breathing room, you know, where before it was a three, two game. So really excited what you're seeing from him. It was a two hit day that day. He had reached on a walk the day before. Um, he's had some, some big moments, you know, and it's, it's kind of one of those deals. You look at tracer Lopez and, and go like, Hey, why are we pinch hitting for this guy? You know, late in games. I mean, yeah. This guy's been doing pretty well. That leads to one of my questions that I wrote down for you since, you know, you're the, you're the Red Raider dugout guru here. Oh yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I I know you always want to trust me. I know you always want a guy that can turn the lineup over at the bottom of the lineup, but is, is, is it getting close to the time where you kind of test the waters and moved him up in the lineup? I would think so. And, and I think part of, part of the struggle in this lineup is you're so left-handed 
and so they struggle to to mix it up you know and to try to move around the the few right-handed bats that you have and and then green you know hitting either way um but yeah i think so because but that brings up another point for me i think that zach vuletic should be hitting in the nine and and i don't mean that because he's not hitting well but vuletic has not hit well with runners in scoring position so let's get him somewhere he can turn the thing over and yeah and give Lopez a, a shot somewhere else. But I do really like having Vuletic back in the lineup. And personally, I think he should be playing in the field. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there's a weekend to try that, it's certainly coming up this weekend. I, is it, is it this weekend, David? Cause I don't know if it is. <laughs> well, I mean, if, 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 if you, if you want to try all, well, there's no time better than the present or whatever. One of those little uh, sayings are right. I mean, right now you're in must win mode, right? And, with a guy with Vulich, well, I don't know if you if you have those numbers in front of you. I mean, he started those ten games was pretty impressive. I mean, I don't know what else he could have done other than drive in runs, like you had mentioned a moment ago. He got on base, you know, he set the table for other people, and then he, he comes in and you know plays the last two games of this series, and I mean, he gets on base. I mean, we talked about I, Nolan Hester getting on base all year long, and I, it's there's there's something to be said about getting on base. Oh no, I I agree. I mean, I think he is hit. Let me find that. Vuletic. Uh, yeah, he hit four thirty two in April, nineteen of forty four, but he's hitting oh ninety one with runners in scoring position, which is just weird. I mean, it's just an anomaly. He's got three RBIs. They all came against North Dakota State. Whatever, you know, get him in there. I'm glad that he, that they brought him in at DH. To me, though, I mean. When you compare him to what Austin Green is doing right now, um, which is is struggling, then yeah. you know give Vuletic a shot at, at give him some run at second. You know, I mean, and and let Green DH or try to work out of this slump. I thought that had happened for him. I mean, he had he had some hits against Baylor, and I thought, hey, Green's Green's breaking out of the slump. You know, mm-hmm. um, but when you take away those, he had six hits in the Baylor series. When you take those away. He was seven for 48 in April. I mean, oh, and still not great overall 13 to 61, you know, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, well, he's obviously struggling and, mm-hmm. and, and I know he hit a bomb this weekend, you know, and, yeah. and I get it. And I, I was literally in a conversation where somebody says, do, do you pinch for him here? And I said, yes. And then he hits a home run. Like, that's great. I'm glad he hit it, you know, but the problem is, He's not running into a whole lot right now. And and that's kind of a problem up and down the lineup and and call it away from home or not. But the month of April was offensively rough for almost everybody out not named Kevin Bazell or Zach Vuletic. Well, you can call it away from home or not if you want. But um, last I checked, you have, uh, depending on how the Abilene Christian game goes, and you probably can't count that as a home game, you have seven home games left this year. You're not, if you make the postseason, you're not playing at home. So no, your struggles on the road are going to be more apparent uh, once the NCAA tournament rolls around. And I'm, I'm not doing this to pile on. I, I want to preface it with that. We were, since we talked about, you know, maybe putting Vuletic in the second base spot and you kind of mentioned some of Austin's numbers. I looked at road numbers in particular, just for my argument here. Against Texas, now this has no walk, so I don't. I, I haven't put down the numbers of how many times he's been on base, but official plate appearances: zero for ten in Austin against Texas, two for thirteen against Oklahoma and Norman, 
0 for 3. I think he came in and pinch hit in the second game of the Stanford game. 0 for 3 at Stanford in this past weekend, 1 for 13. Let's see, you're Kansas going State and Manhattan. So you're looking on the road since Texas? Yeah, I'm looking that's all that's the only that's the first true road game they had. Yeah, oh that's true. I've looked at every single road game and he has 3 hits on the road in 49 plate appearances. Now he's been on I think a couple other times I have via the walk. I don't I was know che- that's what I was checking for you. And maybe hit by pitches, you know. 2 um, 3 4 but so I mean, three three walks against Texas and okay. one HBP, okay. Um, which obviously makes sense since he only had ten official at bats and that two between Stanford and Oklahoma, three walks, no H. Uh, wait, three walks, one HBP. Live coverage of. Yeah, no, stat time. Stat and one walk at K-State. Yeah. I mean, yes, those clearly matter in, in the grand scheme of things getting on base, but just the straight-up batting average and, you know, making contact and whatnot, you have that one home run and then two other hits against Oklahoma. And he's not the only one. That's just showing no. you some of the struggles on the road. I mean, we, I mean we've noticed in the uh, – in the batting order this weekend, uh, Gage Harrelson's obviously slid down from near the I top think he's, of the order. I think he's one of his last 23, something like that. Yeah. I mean, Hudson White hit 167 in April. You know, Now, Dylan Maxey hit 285, and we saw this weekend he caught twice and kind of flip-flopped with Huddy. Um, yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure Maxey was catching Tuesday as well. I mean, if I remember we, right, I was about to say you've got to pull out the book there because there's no yeah, box score I got, in front of me. I got in front of me. He, yes, he was catching Tuesday. Yeah. And so now nobody had done anything that day before it was on yes. the Texas Tech side, at least. Um, and I mentioned Bazell, and I do want to make sure I, I'm saying, I mean, he has been really good. I mean, well, I'm scrolling. So, Bazell, he's on a 12-game hitting streak. Nine of those 12 are multi-hit games. He hit 446 in April, 33 of 74. Now, he's only had one home run since March 12th, uh, but, uh, you know, he's also been leading the conference in doubles. So, yeah. you know, the extra base hits are there. Um, so, Cash hit 301 in April. Um but he's, and this is the number that'll ring truer for those watching. He's three for his last twenty-three, and so yeah, he's just he's he really kind of slowed down. At times when I was watching on TV, he was just swinging. You know, yeah, I mean, it looked like he was swinging for the fence too a lot. Yeah, I don't know if it's a head thing. Or, I mean, all of a sudden it went from just like, wow, look at what this kid's doing. You know, how did Texas let him go? And the next thing you started to hear was. Big 12 player of the year tossed around and it's, it's mm-hmm. all kind of fallen off a cliff and I'm not saying that's why, but no. that's kind of what the timing has felt like for me. Um, you know, the, or what it's coincided with, but yeah, he's struggling for sure. And DC is too. I mean, super excited to see him come back. He got three hits against Baylor and you're like, all right, man, this guy's on his way. Three doubles had some wa- three doubles, three walks, if I remember right. And all three of those hits were his last hits. He's three for 19 since he came back. 
And so 0 for 19 since the Baylor series. Yeah. Or excuse me, 0 for 16. Yeah, it's been a tough stretch. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, for just when you lines. just when you get starting pitching rolling. So now you're kind of yeah. wasting these good starts is what it feels like. And and these guys are saying it like nobody's throwing each other under the bus. Uh, Dylan Carter said it to us um, himself, you know, it's like, hey, you know, you can't the bat, the the pitchers did everything they could for us to win this game and, and the bats let them down. You know, I mean, they they re- it's not like they're out there wanting to this to be what's oh, happening. Yeah. It's just the reality of it. And so I'm as I'm as optimistic as they come, probably. You know, I'm sure some of you out there listening get tired of my optimism, like <laughs> me talking about us still having a path to hosting, well, uh, which we do not. For you today, yeah, which we do not at this point. Uh, we they, but I, I I just I do just want to be realistic at this point. Like you are on the bubble, you do have to take care of business down the stretch. The Big Twelve tournament will not save you, and that's the other thing that the committee has shown late in conference tournaments is not something they're paying attention to. Maybe the first couple of days, you know, you may get a little, get the bump, you know, they may pay attention at that point, but when they're making selections, you know, Friday night or whatever, whenever they do all that stuff, it last season was a year that it really showed it. They're just not paying attention to what happens the rest of the way in a conference tournament through Sunday and then turning around on selection Monday and that making a difference beyond auto bids. Yeah, I mean, if you win the thing, obviously, but I mean, you're gonna have to win it. What three in a row on the road or away from home? Let's not get the cart before the horse here. Uh-huh. Um. All right. Uh. Well, I mean, I feel like we really skimmed over the win. I we did. Um, I mean, it was. I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of accolades to give. Vulatic was good. He had a multi hit day. Reached on an HBP and came around to score. Um, Hudson White had, you know, after I sit here and bag on him, you know, he has the RBI double. That was a big one. Uh, scoring Harrelson, who reached on a walk. Um, and then Lopez, like we talked about, had a, the two-hit day and, you know, three RBIs, had the home run. I mean, that was really kind of the biggest moments. And they had honestly shut you down um, for for a stretch of that game, too. And so, and they did the same thing the next day after a Tracer Lopez home run. They really kind of owned you for a while. Yeah. I think they went, he didn't, he was the next guy to get a hit after he, he hit that home run. It wasn't until. Yeah. He was the next hit. He led off the seventh. He, he had a home run in the fourth. Uh, yeah. Switching to Sunday. He had a home run in the fourth, a three run bomb. And then I think it was three. Might've been two. And then is not a hit. He is the next hit to lead off the seventh inning. They retired eight in a row. Um, I don't want to now. Let's keep going here. Sorry, I was going <laughs> to go back. Well, quick, I'm going to go back to the other, the, okay. the, the second game, but it's more of like picking nits here. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned windblown uh, at the very beginning of the podcast, and you made the funny face. Uh, Oh, you said I leaf heard it blown. On the radio. No, I said wind blown. Okay. Well, I mean, well, maybe if, if not, I guess it'll be in the bloopers. Well, you said something um, wind and leaf, I thought. No, leads. Leads. Oh, leads. That makes sense. Leads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> the first run the Red Raiders score, did you see how that was scored? The uh, pitcher was blown off the mound and he balked. Yes. In the uh, first run, which I just 
that I mean, you don't see that very much. No. Well, and the funny thing was, it happened later to Texas Tech, and it was not a balk. Yeah, Yeah, which... I think it was Kyle Robinson. If I was uh, Pete Hughes or whatever, I would have been out in the dugout just going to town. Might as well get tossed out for that. Yeah, I mean, he just got on the rubber and kind of stood up, and that thing just just blew him back two or three steps, and and they balked him and scored Vuletic. Yeah. Um, another thing that I didn't really like about, um, the facilities there, and I bet this has changed after that home run that uh, is hit by Tracer, or I'm sorry, by Austin Green on Sunday, which we'll get to momentarily is what is the, the outdoor or the indoor facility like painted white for behind? I don't know. It's like a, I don't even know. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's baseball. I have no earthly idea. I've never been there, but. Yeah, not only did you now did they not have the camera angle to review Austin Green's home run, which they challenged, then on top of not having the camera angle, you have a white backdrop that you're trying to track a ball. There was just no way it was ever going to happen. Like, just slap that old school lavender on it. You know that probably wouldn't help, but <laughs> yeah. you can make it. You can make it the dark purple, and it fades into the lavender eventually. But it, dark it was, purple, an, whatever the purple. Like no, uh, it's Celebrity deep, Jeopardy. Deep, sorry. Deep yeah. purple, <laughs> threeve. Uh-huh. So yeah, so that, that's just me <laughs> visual. So I could go on about the broadcasts and the camera angles ad nauseum, but yeah, just that that bugged me. And apparently the uh, the mound was an issue as well. Listening to Tim Tadlock and Jeff Haxton, I guess it wasn't as up to up to the stand where it didn't it didn't <clears throat> seem as tall as most mounds around the big 12. And that seemed like, well, he must've loved the mound at Texas. Then things like two feet tall. <laughs> I mean, it's huge. Yeah. They had, a, they had a nice conversation about the, uh, dimensions and what was standard and stuff. Did you, lines. did you catch the conversation about next year's schedule? I did not get that part of it. That was interesting. So, uh, near the end, I believe, um, he said the Big 12 schedule opens March 8th. You're hosting UT in Lubbock. Um, that you will not play Cincy or Kansas State. BYU is coming to Lubbock, and Tech has a bye week at the end of the schedule. That's strange. You said March 8th is when they're starting? Yeah. Yeah, you lose a non-con series yeah. with the new Big 12 schedule, um, which makes your – your scheduling even more important. You are going to get a return trip from Stanford. We do know that. Yeah. Um, but otherwise don't know, you know, who opponents are going to be, but you can't you say how the Baylor ser- series or the Baylor, the BYU series is going to work. Is it going to be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday? I would think. Yeah, I would think so. Maybe you make Every them weekends, your, Easter weekend, make them your Easter series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's what everybody wants. Can we play you on Easter? East, yeah. Uh, yeah, wow, by week, the last week of the year, that seems. Yeah, just what you need you know. when you're trying to catch yeah. a little momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's probably why he brought it. In. That's probably why he brought it up. He was probably fired up, and he was like, "Okay, I'm just going to start talking about." I'm just going to drop this. <laughs> this has been sitting on my desk. <laughs> I, I just losing a conference series to me. You cannot afford a Quinnipiac. Like you just can't do it yeah. you know you're gonna have to have 
I'm not saying you got to play LSU followed by Arkansas, followed by, you know, pick them, UCLA, whoever you want. But I mean, you've got to play some reasonable opponents. And I mean, Western Illinois is just not going to do it. Everybody wants those. I mean, every team yeah. wants a tool up time, you know, but phew, starting conference play on March 8th. I mean, that's like, it's like two weeks. That's three weeks into the season. I mean, you start yeah. Valentine's weekend. All right, let's get to Sunday. It's, we've avoided it long ago, I guess. Sunday sucked, David. <laughs> let me just, was, it, let's just lay it out there. <laughs> it was. It's. It, I mentioned it earlier. It's. It's like. It's almost like you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like I, we'll, we'll work it's our a way. Self I guess. It's let's, a self fulfilling prophecy of a game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like can we just fast forward into into like the sixth inning and just figure out our fate from there. Unfortunately, we got to get it, you mentioned it earlier though. We'll we'll just pick it up from there. I mean, Tracer Lopez hits that home run in the 4th inning, a 4-run inning for you and you you're up 5 to 2 at that point. And yeah, then- and it's and and just to say, it's it's leadoff single Gavin Cash, walk Gage Harrelson, pitching change, and then two-run double Dylan Maxey. Down the down the left field line in the corner. He worked that corner a lot that day, trying to get more in there. Um, ground out, and then a two run bomb from Tracer Lopez. And you're like, hey, you got something working here. Like this is going okay. It was one. You were down two one before that, I think. Yeah. Yes, you were down two one, and, and then you talked about Rothermill not going necessarily deep, and even when he did in the last series, he struggled. So you yeah. get him out of there, and you're into the bullpen, and you're feeling good about it. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're right. No, yeah, you run him after three, or you know, in the you run him in the fourth. I mean, uh, before he records an out, you meet Maxi immediately comes back against Rule with the double, and then it's the Lopez home run, and then Ty Rule settles in and retires eight in a row, and that's bang bang after the Lopez uh home run to end the frame and then it's it's one two three in the next two innings but then you kind of get rolling again and again feeling pretty good you know it's a leadoff single from Lopez it, a uh, pop-up and then another single and then pitching change to Tyson neighbors they're all world closer I mean one of the best relievers in the big 12 probably I mean I'm saying top two potentially top two pitchers in the big 12. The guy had like an 086 ERA walking in eight saves, the eighth of which he earned against you Friday night. And he gives up a three run bomb to Austin green to right field that gets reviewed and they can't see it. That's what we're talking about with the building. And then you don't record a hit the rest of the game. And he records after that home run, he records six strikeouts, strikeouts. Mm -hmm. six strikeouts after over the next two and two thirds. And gives up three walks in the process, that, and none of them get past first base. Yeah, he he went. I think he went curveball, curveball to get ahead of Austin Green, and then he tried to sneak a fastball uh-huh. by him. And Green took uh-huh. him deep on O two. Yeah, um, and as awesome as he was uh, after giving up that home run, you, you've got to. We've got to talk about the bullpen now. Um, My book holds. My book holds seven pitchers on both sides, and I had to bump over into the notes section because you used eight, and you had two pitchers that never recorded an out. 
Zane Petty went three in his start, four hits, three runs, four strikeouts. He didn't walk anybody. Um, and he Zane really, and, and really, I mean, he left. It's not fair, Josh Sanders didn't, but he had a person. Yeah. And, and he, I mean, he, um, now, and he had those guys aboard. I mean, he owned some of those runners, you know, but yeah. didn't didn't necessarily give up those runs specifically. But Coombs came in and struggled. Um, walked the first battery face. Yes. Yes, he did. Yes, a batter that came around to score. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets a couple outs, and on a sack, after a sack fly, he's pulled for Derek Bridges, who does get a strikeout, gets you out of the inning. And then uh, Derek Bridges goes one, two, three. And you're feeling pretty good about where he's at. And then it just doesn't continue to materialize, you know, and, and falls apart a little bit. And then it really gets rough. And Bo Blessy comes in. What does he, he do wa- with his first at bat? He walks his first batter. So yeah. I should say on Bridges. Bridges goes in the sixth. He goes fly out, walk, fly out, HBP. And they pull him after he hits the guy. Um, and it was just a breaking ball that didn't break. Kind of got him yeah. in the small of the back, like turn small of the back. It just didn't break. Slow pitch. And then Blessy walks his first batter. They pull him immediately. Um, and then Ryan Free comes in. Was he do? He walks the first batter. That's an RBI walk. Um, they pull him immediately. And then Sanders comes in. And what does he What's do? He the first, he doesn't walk him. Nope, it's an RBI HBP. And finally gets a strikeout and uh, mercifully ends. And it it ends up only being a two-run inning. I mean, it's not the most devastating thing that's ever happened, but God, it was ugly and it took forever. And it was funny because there were people, there were fans, super fans, big fans of tech baseball that were very upset that that, uh, Bo Blessy didn't get more opportunity out there. But I mean, I don't know. It it seemed like a quick hook, but it also felt like a, an inning that was about to spiral out of control. And so I think it was same thing with free. It, it, it took forever. There were no hits in the no inning. hits. Yeah, that's right. Two runs scored, trailing. two runs scored. And they've got, they had five base runners and there was no hits. It just seems like, and I, you know, I think Jamie said it, Jamie Lent said it on the broadcast, you know, um, sometimes you make the right move, but it just doesn't work out pitching wise. And it just seems like that whatever way you want to look at it, it just seems like a lot of the time this year, it hasn't worked out. A lot of people thought Derek Bridges, even on the broadcast, I think even Jamie and Haxton thought Derek Bridges was coming in when Coombs came in. Mm-hmm. And so did the, you know, the TV broadcast did too. Yeah. Um, and obviously that didn't work out, but who's to say it would have worked out the other way, but it just seems like maybe it's just, you know, looking at the wrong part of it seems like a lot of the times this weekend or this season, when a guy comes out of the bullpen, it's almost like it's almost seems like an immediate walk. I know that's not the case. Yes, obviously, but you know what I'm saying? Three, two, I mean, a guy falls behind two or two. Oh, and you know, you're just, it's, 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 it's something that's become noticeable. I I have certainly noticed that you, and I don't have the numbers. It feels like, my perception, you lose guys in full counts more often than not. I mean, it just feels like it happens more than it should. How often do you lose guys and walk them? And I was shocked today. I was looking at Tech's overall 
season stats thinking like, oh, your free pass numbers are going to be terrible. And they weren't. Uh, in fact, in conference play, check right now, in conference play, you have walked pitchers, tech pitchers have walked 85, and your opponents have walked 94 in those games. And you have hit 16, and your opponents have hit 15. I, I thought that was going to be way more lopsided in the other direction. Yeah. Because yeah. it just feels like the free passes, and maybe it's because they've mounted recently, um, but it sure feels like they've been bad. Um, well, and, and a lot of the times it seems like, you know, there's there's people on base. <coughs> so it, it it just compounds the problem maybe. Right. I don't know. It, which is typically the situation when a reliever comes in, they're trying to get you out of a mess, but it just seems like a lot of the times – it hasn't been uh i don't want to say the right move but it just hasn't worked out there was something not to bounce around too much but there was something we didn't mention about the win on saturday you also had three errors so you made it that much harder on yourself earning extra outs and you still got it done um but some of the error i mean you had you had errors on your first baseman your second baseman and your shortstop all in that game I mean, yeah. the TV broadcast was actually joking. I wonder if Kevin Bazell's over there, like wondering in the back of his mind if his turn's next. You know, I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Well, Tracy it's, made up for his. And it's not like errors are a big surprise at this point. Like you know, you're going to have some. Some of them were, like some of them were just egregious, and some weren't. You know, I mean, it's just baseball. But, um, yeah, you had some of that stuff going on too. But yeah, back to Sunday. I mean. Sanders turns in one and a third, ultimately gets one strikeout. Uh, he gives up one earned run, couple of hits. Girton, not able to give you any length at all. He goes two-thirds um, and ends up giving up three runs and uh, ultimately taking the loss on the day. And, and I mean, it just was it was just not good. There was no way around it, really. Um, and again, as you were pointing out, Girton came in in the eighth. And so it's leadoff walk, it's sack bunt, wild pitches, triple, um, RBI ground out, single, and then you bring in Brendan Lysick to get the final out. Brendan Lysick, who had not pitched since March, by the way. I believe it was March. I think it was against Texas. I mean, kind of used everybody at that point, unless you want to bring Beckel back in. Yeah, I don't think since Texas. Was it Texas? Yeah, yeah. March twenty sixth. I want to. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just kind of disappeared. I mean, it. It was a surprise. I mean, I was kind of half expecting to see Bravo or Cade McGard show up all of a sudden. I mean, and you had gone through a lot of guys, but there's some of these guys like what happened to him or like where'd Jace Lopez go? Yeah. Yeah, it so, seems like we see Jace uh, only in the midweeks. Like you hope that he's okay. You know. <laughs> When, when guys, well, I mean, yeah, but we don't like he pitched, I think one pitch, like we had mentioned in that ACU game before it was called. That's so. right. He gave up the, he gave up the, uh, the bases clearing double. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's right. Yeah. He, I mean, he's clearly available. I don't, I, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I'd, uh, and that's just the nature of bullpens but, and kind of yeah. situations and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it was just not a good day. Uh, and obviously, I mean, you don't need me to tell you that, but it just, uh, 
you just you just couldn't you couldn't seal it up. I mean, you had your opportunities. You had you threw everybody at it that you could, and it's frustrating because. And I'm echoing the sentiments of a friend, but like you just want somebody to step up in a high leverage situation and just take care of business. And I, I know that that's easy for me, a 40 year old dude on a podcast, to say, and a lot harder to do when you're. 21 and out there trying to throw 95 but like somebody just own the moment and do it yeah and beckel has done that at times right he I mean he even oh did yeah it. yeah he even did it over the weekend but the frustrating thing was and i don't know how this plays into anything but he he said bye-bye after he struck out a guy to end the inning and immediately boom you're I saw both that. given warnings and i don't know if i didn't see the i didn't time. see the warnings <laughs> the bye-bye, I did see it on the broadcast. I did not see warnings because uh, I was watching um, TV. Well, when they, I was watching TV too when they immediately came <laughs> back from the broadcast because I saw it and I was like, oh, don't. You're going to get in trouble for that. When yeah. they came back, when they immediately came back, uh, reopened from the commercial break, they mentioned both sides were given a warning because of that. Yeah. The third base, the third base umpire saw it and he gave warnings. And it was a pretty snarky. I mean, he was at the dugout steps and looked over and kind of gave a bye-bye. Like, it was kind of a extra snarky little thing. Yeah. I will say, you need, you need this is not... <laughs> what? I think you need that a little to an extent. Oh, I love it. I mean, I yeah, don't love... I've, I don't like it to go crazy, but I like the fire for sure. Yeah. But I will say, like, this is not only a Texas Tech problem. I mean, this oh, is happening no. all around the country. Uh, did you see the other day? I'm going to forget which team it was. Um, I, John Boy even did a breakdown of it. I don't remember if it was Florida, LSU. They tossed a pitcher for doing, you know, something similar to a Beckel kind of thing, and then later they hit a bomb, and the dude comes walking down the third base line with his arms okay. pinned to his side, and, yeah. yeah, and does the robot across the across the plate and refuses to do any celebrating with his teammates, like just proving a point as he runs into the dugout. Um, which I mean, it, it's gone a little extreme in my opinion, yeah. but it is happening. And Tadlock has mentioned it. it's happening, happening all across baseball. They've made it a, a focus. Um, and Beckel is not a real demonstrative guy. Like if you're going to say, Keith, which pitcher is going to get thrown out of a game for talking crap? I'm going to immediately say trend and perish. Like, do you need me to say it again? You know, like that's going to be the guy judging from his freshman year. So Beckel was a guy that surprised me you know, when that all happened. Um, but then he's had his moments to not do it. And then as you saw, you know, gave him a little something again. Yeah. Well, it's like, Hey, you're not going to get away with it. Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the thing that's frustrating about it is that at this point, it's not, it's almost like they're looking for it. And that just gives, you know, well, you're building your reason. rep now. Yeah, exactly. And it, you know, you can't have that edge when you go back out the next <laughs> inning because you might be too worried about, I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Uh, I'm not overthinking this. Uh, at least you're not playing a, a team this upcoming weekend in a non-conference series that hits the ball. That's the good news going into the Sam Houston State <laughs> series, the team that has just struggled putting the ball in play. Uh, so the pitching staff has no worries going into this weekend. At yep. Field. Just a bunch of whiffers out there. Can't. I mean, they only they only have two guys in the top. What was it? Eleven in the nation in batting average. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So Sam yeah, Houston just, State, mm-hmm. as a team, 
Uh, 12th in the country in batting average at 316, team batting average. Uh, they're 15th in doubles with 100. Um, a, they are 6th in the country with 504 hits. Uh, they are 32nd in the country with 349 runs. I mean, these are these are postseason numbers. I mean, and yeah. as far as I mean, they're that that's their offense is is doing work. And you're right, Tyler, Tyler Davis, number four in the nation. He's batting 453, and Joe Redfield, number eleven in the nation. He's batting 424. And I have their stats pulled up. That is not light work. Both of those guys have played in 44 games this season um, and started almost all of them. In fact, Davis is slashing 453, 520, and slugging 653. Redfield is slugging 701. Uh, Redfield is the team leader with 10 home runs. That's the only double-digit home run guy. And Davis is actually leading in RBIs with 44. He's got 17 doubles and a triple. I mean, this is their real deal. Davis is also similar to like a Jace Young. <clears throat> got a bunch of walks. He's got 22 walks, second on the team. Uh, their walks leader, who has 23, Clayton Chadwick, is still hitting 272 and slugging 456. I mean, yeah, this team can hit. Yeah. I mean, they just can. And so, and that's just the the guys with enough time to talk about. I mean, and there's more. I mean, you got you got four dudes hitting right this minute over over 300, and two of them 424 plus. So, yeah, it's pretty impressive. They also steal a bit. They've got three guys in with double digit steals, 12, 12, and 10, uh, and they're pretty successful. They're 75 of 90 on the season, so they can exploit your greatest weakness of not stopping anybody from running on the base paths if they so choose. Uh, they can hit, and your pitching is in a struggle mode. Um, not necessarily your starters, but your bullpen for sure. Uh, and your starters have had their inconsistencies like any would. Um, so, yeah, this is a dangerous team coming to town. And, and, like you got, that, and you got a little history with them. Yeah, you got history with them, obviously a different head coach. Yes. Um, but you have history with them, and it seems like it's just like the perfect storm. Things are going bad. You've got a series that y- you have to win. <clears throat> I mean, you absolutely have to win at home. Mean in in the meantime, I know you don't look ahead, but it's hard not to look ahead knowing that you got a trip to Morgantown against the top team in the conference staring you in the face right after that. But you know, you mentioned. Uh, they mentioned it on the broadcast, and D1 Baseball mentioned it going into the Kansas State. That was a must-win series for both of those. Like, I, I, I don't know if you can get a sweep right now, but you got to take two against this. They're this team. they're 107 in the RPI. Um, I think that it's hard. I mean, it's just hard when it depends so much on what your opponents throughout the season need to do. But to me, I mean, your trip to Morgantown is going to be a tall task, you know, yeah. and if you can get one out of there, it's probably a, you know, a victory. I mean, obviously it's a victory. It's a moral victory. Um, 
but that series aside, and their RPIs at 16 right now, in your six remaining home or weekend home games, your two remaining series, I saw a projection that you were going to sweep both of those and split with ACU if you did continue that that ongoing game. I just don't I just don't see where those sweeps are coming from right now. Not not with the the pitching that you've seen. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, obviously, but um, I'm just not seeing it. And so, but that's the kind of work I'm afraid you're going to need to do if you want to be in the postseason. And so, I mean, West Virginia can. There, there's no question. Sorry, there's no question. West Virginia can sweep you. And so, if uh, in their house, I mean, and they're they're kind of red hot right now. They resoundingly pounded Baylor in Waco this weekend. So, if if that's what that's going to look like out there, you know, and maybe you can get one. Um, you need sweeps at home, and I don't know if they're there. So, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's fine. I was just saying it, it for a team that hasn't swept anybody since the second series of the season. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how you can – if they do resume that game, so we're talking, what would that be, six, seven, eight games at home? I don't see you going eight mm-hmm. the rest of the way. It, I mean, you might, you might be happy with six wins out of that, right? And if you don't I don't even know how that, I don't even know how that game gets counted. Yeah, I. I mean I, a six I run a six be. run lead before it's an official game, and it started Hopefully. on the road. Yeah, I, I guess that would be that. Obviously, Evelyn Christian would be the home team here, and it would count as a road game. As odd as that sounds, but maybe so. You know, so yeah. I mean, you're playing here. I mean, I'm going to in my mind think of it as a home game, but I think they'll count it as a road game. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, I mean, you've you've simply got to take care of business against this team, and there is plenty to be worried about if you're a Red Raider. Well, beyond if, beyond the the performance last weekend and all that, Sam Houston State is is a good baseball team. Well, and coupling it with that, if you don't win this series at home, let's just say you lose two games. Sorry, I'll be the bad guy here. If you sure. lose two games there. That means you will have gone two and four in the last two series with the potential of a you're trailing six to nothing game. We're just going to go ahead and be the the bad guy here and say you split that. You're, you're three and six going into Morgantown. I, I mean, that's <laughs> I don't think you can afford that with the RPI that you mentioned and uh-uh. just the men, the mental state that you might be going into Morgantown or maybe that rally. I I don't want to I don't want that to be the rallying cry. Let's go <laughs> let's go knock West Virginia off the perch because we've gone three and six in our last nine. Let's go play spoiler. Yeah. Oh, that's a fun. Yeah. Everybody loves to be the spoiler. A couple other things about State was a spoiler back in the day, right? Sorry. 2017, man. People have stopped listening to me. They're they're throwing (laughs) stuff at the. Yeah. Um, Just almost wallering together. Couple other things about those two dudes from Sam Houston State. Second, Davis and Redfield, second and sixth, respectively, in the country in hits. Um, seventh and ninth in hits per game. And cherry picking all the things to make me feel terrible. Redfield, 24th in the country with total bases. Um, and I haven't even looked at their pitching yet. You're, you're so. making yourself. I will say this, you know, as much as we've, you know, you kind of mentioned the Western Illinois and the Gonzagas haven't certainly helped you out this year. 
but you've you've faced some of the best hitters in the country. Yeah. Just sporadically throughout teams. I mean, Jacob Wilson is tied for 20th in the nation in batting average. Uh, the Air Force guy, I'm not even going to try to spit his name out, batting 15th, 15th in the nation in batting average. Uh, New Mexico, Dylan Ditzenberger, 6th. I mean, you and at one point that guy from uh, Gonzaga was up there as well. You faced some of the, some of the best hitters in the country, and unfortunately, you got to f- shut down two of them this weekend. And you faced some really good arms. Yes, you have. But the difference, I think, I think in some of those times you had a little swagger, and I feel like you're reeling a little bit right now. Yeah, I mean, I think your confidence is down as a team. That's how I'm reading it. This is my perception. It looks down to me. Um, you've got a bunch of guys, you know, kind of struggling at the plate right now. You got bullpen woes. Now the pressure's on this very young team that we've talked about all season. Pressure's on. Like you got to perform. You know, you came here to go to the postseason and make noise. And if you don't perform down the stretch right here, you're not going to, you're potentially not going to be in the postseason at all uh, beyond the Big 12 tournament. And so how they respond, I think, is really, you know, a big indicator of, how young they truly are or how ready they truly are. Um, But I hate it. I hate that this is the conversation we're having and that what I'm hearing from people when, you know, kind of just out and about talking and they're saying, well, at least they're really young. And so next year, (laughs) you know, you you know that you're struggling when, when you're making the, well, next year you're going to be a really good team kind of comments. And I'm not saying the coaches are, or this team is, I just mean fans, you know, but, um, it's just a it's a rough go right now. It really is. Which is which is crazy to say about a 30 win team, you know, but it, it has been a rough few days. And you're looking ahead and, and the path is is narrowing rapidly. As as a, a parent of a senior, nothing you want to hear less than at least they're young and looking forward to next year. <laughs> to, tell Ty tell Ty Coleman that. Right. Right. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't lie. Personally, tell Nolan Hester I mean, that I, I don't buy that. Uh, I don't buy that right now. Yeah. I'm worried no. about to hear it now. Yeah. I agree. Um, uh, this is the final thought segment. Are we no, I was going to say pitching, okay. pitching wise for these guys. Um, Colton Atkinson, mm-hmm. 316 ERA for him, uh, 11 starts, 57 innings, 50 strikeouts to 21 walks, uh, 229 opponent's batting average, and then Steven Beard, 534 ERA, 59 innings, 42 to 14 strikeout to walk, um, giving up 293 to opponents. So um, you would almost definitely see David Chandler. He's got 22 appearances out of the bullpen. Uh, Braden Davis has 17. Alex Majors has 18. I mean, they got some dudes they use a lot. You know, Rome Schubert, 16. Um, I would those kind of... Those first couple guys I mentioned are are have some saltiness to them. I mean, there's they have some options for sure. Go ahead. Um, and you mentioned the Friday potential Friday Saturday guys, obviously, but yeah. the, the Sunday guy you would imagine he's pitched lately is Gabby Calderon. He's a left-handed guy, so you're going Calderon on that. Yeah, is it Calderon? I don't know. It looks like Cold Iron, yeah, which was like which that. would be a sweet name. Yeah. I'm going to go Calderon. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, Midland Midland uh, Junior College guy. Okay. Actually out of 
uh, Georgetown, but uh, he's pitched, uh, let's see, Utah Valley, Stephen F. Austin. He went seven innings in his last outing against Stephen F. Austin, struck out eight through 77 pitches. Wow. Just 77 pitches and in seven innings seems like a, and eight strikeouts seems like that's a solid outing to me. 53 Ks and 20 walks on the season for him, but it sounds like he's coming on later here, giving up almost 300 to op- opposing hitters, but they got some dudes. Let's hope they don't have a junk baller that can throw 61 <laughs> with a nasty, nasty blonde facial hair. That guy's probably a coach now. Oh, I bet he is. I don't. I don't. I don't. Have, I don't. What's his, what is his name? Oh my goodness! I can't. I'll look it up. Uh, this, this is the people are yelling at their phone. Oh, I don't. I never knew his name. I could probably oh, I, pull my book. I could pull my book out of the drawer next to me right now. I, I and go find that some at some point in recent history. Just I've got some it. Stupid reason. I'm already. I'm already there. I remember being in the bull. Uh, you, the, they would stick the media in the right field corner underneath the tree. That's where the media mm-hmm. overflow area was. And I just remember looking at at the uh, the Coca Cola mile. Riley water. Cooper. Yeah. Riley Cooper. Yep. Uh, looking at looking at that and just going, dear God. It was. Just, uh, let's see what Riley Cooper's doing now. He threw so many pitches that weekend i mean he got the win in both games both of the last games he threw 115 pitches against you on sunday alone Uh, or excuse me between sunday and monday um and oops He did not just, pitch. He did not pitch stats, against you so. Saturday. Do what? And we're just looking up stats. Yeah, I know. Live coverage. This is yeah. excellent podcasting. <laughs> I was trying to find Riley Cooper. Where's Riley Cooper now? And I have had absolutely no luck. So my apologies. Yeah, it's fine. <clears throat> we really don't want to know. He's he's standing right behind you, Keith. He's probably like a neurosurgeon. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how many pitches Riley Cooper threw in that regional. That's what I'm most interested in. Do you remember they went to the, they went to a super and they actually, it was really close in the first one against Florida state. And then they just got yeah. rocked. Yeah. Uh, Let's are see. Are you here. looking up that number? I am. I am looking it up. If you are at home listening to this right now and you find it faster than Keith, please <laughs> add him on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> let me get my calculator out here. All right, he pitched forty-five against in their first game of the regional against Arizona, and then okay. he did not pitch in the first game against Tech, and then they played Arizona again, and he did not pitch in that game, and then in the last two against Tech. He pitched, excuse me, he threw 60 and then 55. So 45, 60, and 55. 160 pitches over the course of that. That was, I believe, a Friday, Sunday, Monday is what that would have been. 
Um, against Texas Tech, it was a Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, but he pitched Friday against yes, Arizona. He pitched Friday, yes, correct, yeah. And then Friday against Arizona, and then Sunday against Tech, and Monday against Tech. Yeah. Which normally you'd rag a coach for throwing a guy's arm out, but that rag arm didn't have any anything about, to throw out. To deal with. Yep, he yeah. Didn't need it. Yeah, so they lost 7-6 to six to Florida State in the Tallahassee Super in the first game, and then they got absolutely blanked 19 to nothing. Yeah. So, and then Matt Deggs got a new job. Yes, he did. And wrote a book. Hey. Oh, memories. Final thoughts? See some moment. Uh, final thoughts. No, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll go back to what I said earlier. I, I want to see Tracer Lopez up higher in the lineup, and why not do it? Uh, this weekend at home in the friendly confines and just see where that takes you. Yeah. I just want to see everybody hit. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the goal, all, right? That's that's the goal. And hopefully, you know, it comes a little easier at home. We found, um, did you, Oh, another final thought for me. Did you see the catch from the Missouri left fielder over the weekend? Uh, uh-uh. I don't think so. Oh, you, you, it's, uh, you know, not that not that I'm sitting here ranking how horrible the people doing the top ten on ESPN are, but I think this one is like fourth or fifth. You're never going to see a catch like this again. Uh, his name is Cam Chick. If you need to search oh, it real I, quick, Cam Chick, Missouri catch. Watch it right now. Tell me any dunk by any person or. Any uh, slap shot or anything like that slap that shot. happened on on Sunday is going to compare to that catch. Can you hear that? I cannot hear it. Okay, that's I'll good. Like no, I just don't want everybody listening yeah, to the to the yeah. target ad that's playing on ESPN right wow. now. Yeah, so basically, it's a fly ball to left field. Um, it hits, I believe, his glove, and then proceeds to bounce. Oh wow! Every part of his back. Yeah, it goes head. into the webbing. As he hits the ground, it pops out up over his right shoulder, on his head, rolls around his shoulders, and then falls back into his hands while he's on the ground. That's impressive. I mean, I mean, it was. I mean, Actually, it it landed. It went up on his hat, off the back of his head, down his neck, and then he popped it around his shoulders, like over his left shoulder and down into his glove in his left hand. And then he, laying on the ground, holds it up with his right hand. Yeah, it was it was number two on Sports Center. Yeah, it wasn't number two. Whenever I was watching, it was further down. Obviously, the next producer decided, you know what? Whoever produced the last show is dumb. Um, <laughs> It was peeking behind the curtains of TV here. Sorry. Um, It was again, obviously it bothered me a little bit. It was a phenomenal catch and we need uh, Nolan Hester to maybe knock one of those out this weekend. He had a, he had a pretty good one uh, this weekend. He had a missed one too, but he did have a a couple of good ones. Well, to be fair on that miss one, the way the wind was blowing Mm. and he he was playing, he was playing shallow Mm -hmm. too. So uh, it was just a really tough spot to be in. That was a tough spot to be in. And he got the glove on it. Yeah. Yeah, he did. It was, it mm-hmm. was he, he laid out. He was close. He, he made an effort. Hey, the guy only got second. I mean, yeah, it's either an out or he's going to get second no matter what on that thing. Mm. That's all I got. What do you got? 
of all the things that we've talked about with this team, <clears throat> bullpen, I mean, bats cooling off, the whole thing. If there's one thing that I am desperate for them to stop doing, it is committing base running errors. It It is so frustrating. And I know some of them are, you know, it's a freshman thing or whatever, but like it happened again this weekend. You know, you kind of got a rally going and Austin Green gets caught up in a pickle, um, you know, for no reason. And so, yeah, it's one thing for a freshman to kind of like second guess himself, you know, trying to tag up from third or something. Um, that's forgivable and and live to play another day. But some of this stuff getting getting backpicked and thrown back at second and some of that is just it's just bonehead stuff, you know, just focus stuff. So, well, it's little things that you can't afford with some of the no. issues that you're having. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not helping you build a margin for error as as Tadlock would talk about. So, yeah. yeah, I don't have any final thoughts. I was, uh, I was called in to, to pinch for the great choice Woodman and call some, uh, friendship playoff baseball this weekend and then i was called back off today so i should be able to cover the sam houston state games Um, i'll just go ahead and apologize to everybody i didn't write anything this last week and it felt awesome so (laughs) sorry uh (laughs) i just didn't have it in me and work's been a little crazy and um i'm kind of physically beat down a little bit right now and so i just kind of took some time off from that i mean there was nothing to write on tuesday and then I just kind of enjoyed my weekend, so I'll get back to it. But I do appreciate everybody's support. You got the other job. You called the you get called the series win, right? I mean, you called you called. They, didn't they shut him out on Saturday? The uh, do I? friendship baseball. You you said you called some baseball this past week. No, I I was called this coming weekend. Oh. They were going to have me go and handle oh, the okay. by district series for baseball, but then ended up not needing me. So I was oh, okay. I was That's saying good. I was not going to cover the first couple games of Sam Houston, and now I should be able to. Ah, okay. So you will be out at the law, yeah. Not Fort Stockton. I was in Fort yeah, Stockton you, this past weekend. Nice you'll and be chilly at, there, and apparently. No, go ahead. I'll be in uh, I'll be in Wichita Falls uh, this weekend. Yeah, beautiful Midwestern State University. That's uh, unfortunately where where the uh, run came to an end last year because a little bit humid there when we were there last year. <laughs> Tad bit humid. Hail <laughs> hailstorm in the middle of a game kind of uh-huh. delayed uh, delayed that game. I think it helped out the uh, Timber Timber Creek Timber Creek. Uh, yeah, the break helped them out. Let them get Keller Timber to, Creek. Yep, help extend it to the game three, and we were. We were spent with that humidity there in Wichita Falls. So try not to repeat that against uh, Keller Central, who apparently won their first ever playoff series this past weekend. Really? Yeah. Oh, Keller High is the is the power. We're not, yeah, we're okay. Carol, Keller Central. Yeah, so Keller Central. All they right. Apparently upset LD Bell, so we'll be uh, seeing best, if we can pick up a couple wins and move on to the next round. Best of luck to the old Tigers. Thank you, sir. Blair Collier and the Tigers. Yeah. All right. I got nothing else. You got anything else? No, nope, I'm good. You you give all your uh, plugs and and whatnot I, here. And tell them about what they're going to read this weekend since they didn't get to read last. Week. <laughs> I might not write again. <laughs> no, I I'll. I'll, I'll write something. Um, 
Yeah, that's all. This has gone long enough. Happy birthday, Rob Bro. We love you. Um, plugs at Call Your On TV on Twitter at Keith B Patrick at Red Raider Dugout. Hey, in case you don't know, basically every Friday at noon, I'm on the Rockin' pregame on Rock 101 in Lubbock. So that's always a good time talking about some baseball. Usually around noon, noon to twelve thirty, something like that. Twelve ten, twelve forty. Um, it's a good time. So tune in for that if you want to. Otherwise, appreciate y'all. Thanks for all the support. And uh, we'll see you around the ballpark. Thanks for tuning in to Dinger Derby and sharing our love for Texas Tech Red Raider baseball. You can connect with Keith on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Red Raider Dugout. And find more great tech baseball coverage at RedRaiderDugout.com. Help us out by rating us and leaving a review on iTunes. And remember to tell your friends about the show. Keith will be back soon with another episode of Dinger Derby. And until then, wreck em tech. Keep your hand on your gun. Don't you trust anyone. There's just one kind of man that you can trust That's a dead man or a gringo like me Be the first one to fire Every man is a liar There's just one kind of man who tells the truth That's a dead man or a gringo like me Till you're done chewing all of that food. Just shoving Laffy Taffy's in my face. I was about to say, are you chewing like a marshmallow? <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's <laughs> still going. Just go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> it's not it's not gonna be a long intro. Uh, I'm gonna try to do it as fast as possible so you have food still in your mouth. Here we go. <laughs> In three, two...